Howdy friends, and welcome to another episode of His Redemption Road. I am your host, Natalie. Come along as I share fresh revelation, extraordinary testimonies, dreams, and visions intended to break chains, reveal the unfailing love of the Father, and ultimately spur us on toward the road to redemption. So invite your friends, lace up your hiking boots, and let's take a stroll toward freedom down His Redemption Road. Welcome to His Redemption Road, Season 2 Finale. This is our final episode of Season 2 His Redemption Road podcast. So if you are new, go ahead and take this break between Season 2 and Season 3 to go back and listen to some of my old episodes. We will be returning for a Season 3, so stay tuned for that. Today, I decided we would end Season 2 with me reading an excerpt from my memoir, Healing Wings, a memoir by Natalie Sherwood, a personal journey of miracles and healing through Guillain-Barre syndrome. If you've been with us for any length of time, you have heard me mention some of my story about having woken up paralyzed one day after a vaccine injury. And so I thought it would be fun to read the beginning excerpt from my book so that you could get a taste for my story and what my memoir is about. So here we go. Let's get started. Healing Wings, a memoir by Natalie Sherwood. Solo de Gloria, glory to God alone. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Revelations 12, 11. Flash forward, blind. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I kicked my parents out of my hospital room, not out of anger, but out of love. They had been taking turns curling up in the little green vinyl ICU hospital chair by my bed, only to wake up more exhausted the next day than they had been the night before. I knew they would go crazy with sleep deprivation, so I made them go home and ordered them to not return until they had slept, showered, and eaten. I assured them I would be fine. After all, the nurses checked on me all night long, and if I died, that was okay too. No, I didn't tell them it was okay if I died that night. They wouldn't have left if I did. But seriously, after everything I had been through, I was so ready to go home, to heaven. Little did I know that that night would be one of the worst and one of the best nights of my illness. God met me in my room that night. Sleep eludes those in extreme pain. It comes in short spurts, more like passing out and coming to. This night, I actually slept, and the nurses did not wake me up. They came by my room through the night to take my blood, measure my lung capacity, do a chest x-ray. But when they saw that I was actually sleeping, they had mercy on me and let me rest. 
It was relatively quiet for an ICU, which is always bustling with activity, tests, and emergencies. When I finally did startle awake in the middle of the night, as I so often did, I immediately knew that this time something was different. An ICU is never dark. There are always bright lights in the hall casting their glow around the window blinds and dim lights in the patients' rooms. The machines cast strange blinking lights on the walls and ceiling, along with the beeping and whirring sounds that inform anyone within range that they are doing their jobs. Shadows ink across the ceiling without invitation, and shoes squeak on the floor in the hallway outside as the nurses make their rounds. A nightlight is never necessary in the ICU. But this night, when I opened my eyes during the wee hours of darkness, I realized that something was off. Something was wrong. Yes, everything was wrong. I was dying after all. My organs in my body were shutting down on me, paralyzed and unable to make my limbs respond to the easiest of tasks. But this was different. This was worse. I heard the beeping of my machines and looked in their direction. Nothing. I glanced toward the window where I knew the bright lights from the nurse's station glared incessantly, even when I was trying to sleep. Nothing. I scoured the expanse before me, yet not a glimmer of light pierced my eyes. I could not see. I was blind. This time, my limbs did what I asked. Just as my mind willed it, my hand reached out into the darkness to grasp. What? I'm not sure what I was reaching for. My heart was calling out to Jesus, and my body responded by stretching out my hand and arm into the air before me. But then the unexpected happened. Something Someone grasped my hand and held on tight. An angelic Latin voice spoke to me in a deep, slow rhythm that sounded like a rich, gentle lullaby that could rock me into a sweet and endless sleep. Hello, Natalie. My name is Angel, and I have come to pray with you. My breath gasped out of me in pure anguish when I realized I was not alone. Somehow, I was able to eke out the words, I'm blind. I can't see. Tears began to stream down my face in silent tracks of pain. No sobs broke forth from my chest, but my tears told the truth of my deep distress better than any feeble words ever could. We connected in that moment, Angel and I. His pure love poured over me, and I knew, knew that I was not alone. Yes, I knew that God was always with me, but this timing, this voice, this personal lullaby that was so tender and full of compassion told me that God was with me, even at my very lowest of lows. I had always feared blindness. Even as a child, I knew that I never wanted to go blind. The thought of navigating this world in darkness was scary, 
Even with that trace of apprehension living inside of me, I never gave blindness more than a passing thought. I didn't think loss of sight was anything I would personally experience. Even with everything going wrong with my body due to Guillain-Barre, I never expected to open my eyes to complete darkness. Being swallowed by a void so black, it seemed to press against me on every side. This darkness was thick and heavy, like a weighted blanket trying to smother out my very existence. Angel prayed for me. His voice was like a musical ballad written just for me, nourishing and fixing a deep part of my soul that had withered. His prayer of worship was a weapon that broke the back of fear and allowed a warrior to rise up in its place. In the dark of night and blindness, he prayed and gripped my hand like an anchor, steadying me for the remainder of my fight ahead. His prayers tickled my ears while my tears ran in rivulets, soaking the pillow under my head. After a long and gentle silence, Angel released my hand and tucked me in. I rolled over with a renewed sense of hope and a peace that passes all understanding. I fell into a gentle sleep and awoke the next morning, able to see again. Fear had been vanquished, and my master's hands had touched both my eyes and my heart. I could see the light of day again. Chapter 1. A Butterfly? So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 2, 6-7 through Even though I lived it, I'm not exactly sure how to put my journey into words. How does a person begin a story that is bigger than themselves, something so intense that they now define events along the timeline of their life as pre-event or post-event? God was in the minute details of this story I lived, so it is difficult to capture the despair, joy, fear, awe, insanity, loneliness, miracle, and wonder of it all. Take a butterfly, for instance. How could she accurately tell her insect friends that she was once an entirely different creature, yet still the very same insect as always, only now she can fly? Would they believe that her younger years were spent crawling without wings and munching on herbs, not sipping nectar? Would they believe her when she told them that she had to shed her very skin several times just so she could grow? Could they fathom the experience of the cocoon, its isolation, its loneliness, and its darkness? Would they believe the physical and mental transformation that takes place in such a strangled and confined place? What about the struggle of escape? How can the butterfly even put that into accurate words? Now that she has wings, she talks about her past memories as pre-cocoon or post-cocoon, pre-wings or post-wings. 
Her friends may wonder why she always finds events in her life that way, because they don't understand how altering that event was to her. No, unless you are the caterpillar that became a butterfly, the one that went from crawling to flying, you cannot fully fathom the depths of pain or the joy of flight, but you can catch a glimpse of the wonder of the metamorphosis, the miracle of God's creation, if you simply sit, watch, and listen. Well, here is my story, if you dare to read it, of how I became that butterfly. My life was enchanted as far as I was concerned. I cherished everything about my life. I had a father and a mother who loved me, a close-knit family full of cousins, a doting grandmother, and at least one best friend at a time. Joy simply bubbled inside of me. As a stranger, looking into my life from the outside, you probably wouldn't have known that I was so joyful. You would simply have labeled me as quiet, shy, sheltered, stoic, or some other introvert description. I did not react much to good or bad things. To others, it seemed that the outside world had no effect on me. But inside, I noticed everything. Nothing slipped by my all-seeing eyes, my discerning ears, and my sensitive spirit. I soaked it all in, the sights, sounds, and thoughts. World events weighed heavy on my heart and mind, and family events weighed even heavier, both the good and the bad. I savored each and every experience around me and stored it up for later use, hoping to skip some of those noticed failures and mimic the successes. That quiet, seemingly unaffected girl was a storehouse of emotional and informational files. I simply leaned on the Lord for all the tough stuff and peacefully enjoyed the good. My mind seemed to never shut down. I was a deep thinker, often lying on the green grass watching clouds float by or staring at an hourglass as the sand slipped away, while pondering the depths of the vast and untapped universe, the intricacies of the Bible, and unfathomable character of God. My spirit was constantly praying, so much so that I would often wake up from sleep in the middle of the night to find myself praying or singing out loud with tears wetting my cheeks. I appreciated talking to God as if he were sitting right next to me, us the very best of friends. I asked him questions and sat quietly awaiting answers. I praised him and simply reveled in his presence. This may sound strange to you for a little girl to act this way, but it is true. That is who I was and still am to a large degree. Don't get me wrong. I was still a kid, messy, loud, disobedient, ever learning. I said hurtful things to people I loved and was more often than not thought of as rude because of how direct and unfiltered my mouth spoke. My actions did not always reflect my love for the Lord, 
or the people around me. I couldn't keep my room clean to save my life, and I was frequently caught daydreaming during school. Just like any kid, I had my good moments and my faults, but I also had a very simple faith in my Creator, Jesus. If the Bible said it, I believed it. Period. More than that simple faith or belief, I had God experiences. His fingerprints are all over my life. I smelled him, saw him, and felt him over and over again. I will share some of those experiences with you as we journey together, for they not only let you see into who I was before I became ill, but they also tell the story of our daddy God so well. I do believe that no earthly book can accurately contain how big God is or how big he has been in my life or your life if you let him. But I hope this book will give you just a glimpse. And that is the end of chapter one. Chapter two is the caterpillar years, and we are going to stop there for today. I hope this glimpse gets you excited about not only my story, but about God and who he is and what he can do in your life. If you're interested in learning more about my story, you can pick up Healing Wings, a memoir by Natalie Sherwood on Amazon. And if you're looking to dive deeper with your spouse in marriage, you can pick up my marriage workbook, The Mission of Marriage by Natalie Sherwood. Friends, it has been amazing walking this journey of his redemption road with you. And I pray that you see God in your life and through your life every single day. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every listener, for every person out there who isn't sure if there is a God, does God really exist? Or those people out there that are sure that they think there is no God. And then there's others who know that there's God, but don't feel like they know him or have a relationship with him. And still even others that live their daily lives in love with and talking to and walking with you, Lord. God, I pray that you would reach through these speakers and touch every single person, that you would call them by name, that you would show them your great love for them. Lord, I pray that people that don't know you would come to know you and those that do know you would begin to see your hand in their everyday lives. And that not only would they listen to my experiences and my stories, but they would begin to have an experience and story of their own that they can turn around and share with others. I thank you, Jesus, for becoming the final sacrificial lamb and dying on the cross and raising again for us and being seated at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for us. We praise you, Lord, and thank you for you are good and your love endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I have a new marriage workbook out on Amazon called The Mission of Marriage. Go check it out along with my memoir, Healing Wings. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your engagement will help others find us. You can stay connected with me on Facebook or Instagram at His Redemption Road. Have an amazing week in the Lord and be blessed everywhere you go.